What's up? Howdy. You heard me? <laughs> We've been watching too many NOLA version of the Bible videos on yes, YouTube. Yes, we have. Hey, folks, we are back with another exciting episode of All the T-Shirts podcast for student ministry. Student ministry podcast, however you want to call it. Um, man, last episode was pretty awesome. It was. I learned a lot. I did, too. I took a lot of notes, too. Yeah, it was, that was one of our most practical ones I think we've done in a while. I love practical stuff in student ministry. I do. I, I love when I can just get the, the, the meat right there. You know, Right there. I don't have to fish around for it. Yeah. You know, I don't have to speculate. And and don't just tell me what works and, and like, you know, your big church with all your interns yeah, we're and staff not church guys. I know, but I mean, that's We love good. mega churches, don't no, get us wrong. Yeah, man. That's good and everything, but like us little podunk people, we can't do Did that. Did you just so. say podunk? I am. Are we we all like, <laughs> dude, I'm from Mississippi. <laughs> you ain't never lied. Yeah. Heard that. All right. So uh, anyway, uh, last episode was really great. We enjoyed it. Thank you, uh, John Nugent, for uh, redeeming our faith in humanity. Yes. <laughs> but we, uh, man, lots been going on uh, the past the past week. Um uh, I've got a football game tonight, Rick. Tonight? Tonight. <gasps> Mad Max is playing Mad tonight? Mad Max will be standing on the sidelines. That'll be awesome. <laughs> I'll be cheering him on. Oh, no. Especially, he's in on the special teams, No, right? he got cut. Oh. <laughs> 23 hours he was on the special teams. Oh, here's hoping he doesn't listen to our uh, podcast. Oh, he well, Poor even guy. if he does, he's got a good, good heart about yeah, it. Yeah, I love laughing. that dude. Yeah. Number 41 on the jersey, but number one in your heart. He'll mm-hmm. be on the sidelines tonight, and uh, looking forward to seeing a little football action. I've been missing football. Yeah. Um, man, a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, I think now would be a good time for us to kind of plug DadCon a little bit. Our student ministry gathering back down in New Orleans at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. It's November 6th through the 8th. That's a Sunday through a Tuesday. Um, we'll start that Sunday night and run through uh, Tuesday at lunchtime. And uh, if you want more information on that, send us an email. Uh, you can email the, uh, the seminary and book your room. If you want to stay there off campus right there, uh, phdirector at nobts.edu. Or you can call area code 504-816-8178. Mention code TEMBC1122. And I think they're like $65 a night, man. Yeah. That's nice. Conference doesn't cost you anything to come and be a part of. Nope. If you're a student minister, uh, we would love to have you join us. So, um, anything else going on in Rick's world? In Rick's world, yeah. I mean, well, this is, we just did the, it's the busy. college ministry gauntlet. Yeah, that just happened. So we, Students are back at school. We helped it with move-in day. We did all sorts of events, you know, on campus that you can be a part of and go to and meet students and try to draw them in. They had a community fair yesterday where all the people from everything from the banks and the restaurants to all the the student organizations and everything and churches are on the campus. And but you know what the real question is, right? What did you get any cool swag? I, I gave cool swag. Ah, oh, plot it's more twist. blessed to give than to receive. Yeah, that's and true. yeah, so I didn't get to walk around. I was meeting people. So and then we had our first meeting last night. You know, and um, we're recording this on a Thursday. So that's, yeah. we had our meeting last night. So it is. It this will be my first night um, 
in a good while that I don't have something right. I have to be there at. And so you've been running the gauntlet, man. It was yeah. I just want to I want to give a shout out to all those college guys out there right now. This is your this is your crunch time, man. Mm-hmm. This is the time of year where you are you're putting in the work, man. But. It is it's different and I'll tell you it's it's a uh yeah, this is definitely the big big time of year when everything's happening, but just the nature of the ministry is different where you know, people it's their choice whether they're coming. There's not parents, and some a lot of them have parents that are very supportive and saying, "Hey, are you in church? Where, where yeah. you're off at school?" But it's it's up to them now, and it's it's like uh, I think it was Ethan in our old podcast podcast with the with the guys that just graduated. He said, "All my have tos are are done, yeah, and now it's uh, I choose to, I get to, or I want to, and so they're going to come if they want to, not because they have to, and so right. which kind of leads us into i think where we're going today like yeah. how do you get people plugged in and well you know student pastors are under the gun to build attendance each week you've been there you've done that rick mm-hmm. and there are just many ways that you can do that and one of the biggest and most widely used models is the idea of using events or a midweek meeting to draw students in and uh you know this model is highly effective if Ministries use this to build community between the students. That's always the goal is, is building that community. It can help students in building their faith and growing together as a group. And the ideal way is, is the end game is you want to get students to bring their friends to church. And, and as you and I both know, that can be difficult. Yes. Getting that, you know, ingrained in them. And, and if we're honest, your group is going to be the size it is because... The students involved are there because their parents are usually involved. Um, that's usually your core kids. Yes. And so getting students into events really isn't the issue. I mean, you can do some crazy things to draw kids to come and be a part of, of that event. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just remember conversations with some older youth guys. And, and one guy, he used to tell me that uh, at the beginning of school every year, he would swallow a goldfish. And kids would show up just to see him do that. Yeah. Uh, but what happens after the event's over? You know, how do you get students from the event that you're doing uh, to, to a Wednesday night event or, or <gasps> Sunday morning? Sunday morning. How do you get them there? You know, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of churches will, will gauge your student ministry by how many kids you have in Sunday school or how many kids you have in the pews on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of guys, they, they feel some conflict with that. Um, so how do you reach students whose parents aren't necessarily part of your church? How do you get them to come? Well, we have a special guest today, and our guest today is an expert who will help us tackle this question. Uh, today we have Michael Breedlove, student pastor at Celebration Church in Kenner, Louisiana. Uh, Michael, what's up, man? <laughs> what's up, guys? How are we doing today? Dude, we are we are doing well. Yeah, we are doing well. Doing well, little thing, a few things about Michael. Like Celebration Church, you have several. How many campuses are Celebration Church? Um, I believe we have uh, nine campuses. Nine. Wow. Right yeah. So you are a mega church guy, huh? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> look. Hey, we got nothing but love for you, mega churches. I'll say man. this. I'm telling I'll you. I'll say this. You know, with with. More churches and more campuses comes just more problems and and more things you got to try and solve and figure out. This is the first time. What wrong about that was he? No. Yeah, this (laughs) was my 
first, you know, being at this church is my first time having to deal with a uh, multi-site, you know, multi-site church. And what does that look like? And how are you one church in multiple locations? Well, so, well hold, hold that because that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, it is. It is. We, it we is. can milk that one. That'll be yeah. a good podcast one day to so, talk about multi-site. So Michael is is the student pastor at the Kenner location right. of Celebration yes. Church, which is... It's if you if you're not familiar with New Orleans, it's the it's you know it's like a suburb city of New Orleans, and it is where the airport is. Uh, that, yeah, that, that so area. If you flew into New Orleans, you actually flew into Kenner. You flew into Kenner. That's yeah. right. So you've been there about you've been there five years, right, Mike? At, I've been on staff for on five staff years. for five years. Now you've been there longer. You grew up in New Orleans, yeah. Since right right after my first oldest daughter was born, she's seven now. So we've been mm-hmm. attending a little over seven years. Wow. Yeah. So and. And so Mike is a um, Mike's a dad. Of course, we always say you know he's he's been in ministry for a long time. He's done a lot of different things. Mike's been a worship pastor, and he's been a student pastor, and he's done different things in different places. But he's you a, have a he's speci- a man of the world. You have a special connection. I do Michael. have a special connection. Mike was one of my students <laughs> when I was a student pastor in New Orleans, and uh, he is one that is like you know certainly uh, outgrown every everything I ever taught. Like you know. He's doing it better than I ever did, and he's he's in the same town where I was doing it, and uh, and down the street doing it for a while, just on right the down the street, right down the street from where where he grew up, uh, going to church. And of course, you, we would always say your your best accomplishment: you married Jennifer, yeah, you get you That's and Jen, right. yeah. You have the boy five, kicked his coverage. Yeah, you have five kids now, and the old you said the oldest yes. is seven, right? Yeah, my oldest is seven. So wow. at one point we had four under the age of four, and I don't even know how that math works, but um, yeah. Well, there's a set of twins in there. <laughs> Excuse me. We, <laughs> yeah. There is. Yeah, there is. So my oldest is a little girl. Her name is Gray, and she's seven. Uh, and then I have an older son who's five. His name is Rocket. Yes, yeah, it, is. Real name. Yeah, it on is. His, yeah, on it his, is. It's on his birth certificate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, we have a fox and a crew. They're two twin boys. They're three years old. And our last one was born just a few weeks after Hurricane Ida. Um, we were evacuated and almost thought we were going to have a delivery in another state while we were evacuated. But we made it home. And about two weeks later, my wife had our fifth and final child, I think. Um, but her name is Edie, a little girl. So we have two girls and three boys. Two girls and three boys. Wow. Man, your wife is a saint. I'm just gonna tell you, that. <laughs> you got five. He's a real MVP. Yeah, you, you got go five. That's like seven go. and below. She is a sweetheart too, yeah. by the way. But He's my superhero. So, yeah. so, so, Mike, let's just jump into this, man. Okay? All right, let's do it, guys. All right. So, this question was posted on our student pastor texting group the other day. <clears throat> so, we just want to jump into this, okay? What are some good ways to get people from an event to church? Man, that was such a loaded question. You know, when the when the when the text came across our thread, I just I was in the middle of doing the dishes and I had to stop and I'm like, hold up, I, I just feel like there's so much here. And it was just one of those moments you just start kind of your fingers start moving and then words start coming out. You're like, I don't even know where all that came from, but it just kind of came out. But um I think it the the question doesn't start with how do we get students from an event to church? The question starts with first, what's our mission? And then what's our strategy? And how does that tie into that mission? Right. So um, for youth pastors that are listening to this today, I want to encourage you to really, if you haven't yet like sat down and thought about, all right, what is my mission and what is my ultimate goal? What is the goal of our student ministry? 
then really take some time to sit down with your leadership or, um, you know, sit down, pray through that, write that out and really put that on the forefront of everyone's mind. Um, our mission uh, for our ministry, our ministry is called The Social. And we did a little rebranding um, actually like two months before the pandemic started. We did a rebranding and we had the same name for the past like 15 years. And we were rebranded re to The Social and uh, we sat down for a while and, and really came up with a mission for it. And our mission, our purpose, our goal at The Social is to help students find God, find friends and find themselves. Because we believe when those three things happen, you will ultimately find life. Every single Wednesday, I get up and start service, and that's the very first thing I say. Welcome to the social. Students, listen, here at the social, we have a purpose, we have a mission, and then boom, I spit it out and, and I say it. So much so to the point to where students are like, yeah, find God, find friends, find yourself. But I want to put that on their minds because everything we do is centered around that mission, right? right. All of our strategy, all of our goal, mm -hmm. everything. So when we think through, um, you know, in our context, how do I help a student find God? How do I help a student, you know, make more friends and, and ultimately discover their talents and discover their passions and discover who God's called them to be, their identity in Christ, and then ultimately live the, the life that God's called them to live. So when we look at different, whether it's an event, maybe that's part of a small part of your strategy, your overall strategy to fit your mission. Um, so, you know, when it comes to just when I, when I heard that, that, that text, you know, that thread came across and it just kind of triggered me of, man, I, I just, I wish I could go back and talk to young Michael starting out and say, Hey, first of all, back up, <laughs> you know, don't focus so much on the events. Let's focus on the mission. Um, and maybe that's, that's number one. Don't focus so much on the event itself, but focus on what your mission is. But I like, um, I like what, I, I like what you said though, is that each week, and I think that kind of ties back into what you're doing each week when you stand up in front of the kids, you are reminding them every week what your mm -hmm. purpose is. Yeah. And absolutely. so I think that's very important. And and that 100%. way it's it's a communication issue right there. I mean, yeah. you keep you're keeping that, it in front of them. And that mission being in front of the students also is right in, directly in front of our volunteer leaders and they see like it helps remind them, "Oh yeah, my goal tonight is to help a student either find God in some way, find friends in some way, find themselves in some way and find life. And, you know, th that helps them. It, it keeps it on the forefront. And again, it, it kind of trickles into if we have an event, what's our goal for this event? Well, during this event, we want to help a student find God, find friends, find themselves and ultimately find life. And so, again, it all is kind of uh, it, it works towards your mission, your overall mission. And again, that can be stated however you decide. And, and maybe that kind of coincides with your overall vision for your church. Our mission for our church is just, you know, that everyone needs Jesus. It's just real simple. Everyone needs Jesus. We believe everyone needs Jesus. So, you know, everything we do is uh, about bringing, bringing Jesus to the people um, and helping them see Jesus. And so, you know, we kind of tailor that into our student ministry in those kind of, in that context, in that way. Okay. So just to kind of break it down a little bit. All right. You have a okay. purpose behind it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your purpose behind your event. Okay. So let's get practical with this thing. All, all right. right? What are some creative ways? And there again, I want I, we want you to cite some examples. Sure. Okay. Sure. Let's what talk are some, about it. What are some? Because you know you can go to a conference and hear somebody just be very random about what you should do. We want to we want to put some practical stuff in the hands of the people that listen. Okay. Yeah. So what are some creative ways to get some of those people interested in checking out Sunday school or 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 your Wednesday nights for the first time? You know, what are some things that you guys are doing that you found success with? And, and maybe what are some things that, that, 
you know, you can you can be honest and share some things that, that stuck. Yeah. You know, what are some things that sure. bombed? Okay, so so just kind of take us through a couple of those. So um, a few years back, you know, every Easter for most churches is like Super Bowl Sunday, right? Like that's your big Sunday. You're going to have, you know, your, your Christmas and Easter Christians that show up that twice a year, once a year, they just want to come. And, and so uh, we always in the past made a, a big event out of our Easter service leading up to Easter. Um, and, and our youth event was in the past, we came up with different ideas of, man, we want to do like a carnival style. We're going to have inflatables out in the parking lot. We're going to, we're going to have all these different things out there. And, and, and we want students to really enjoy themselves, have a great time. We're going to have live worship. We're going to do this, do that, the other. And we would blow it up. We'd make it a big family event, invite the parents to come. We'd invite their uh, siblings to come and, and just make it huge. And what we found is that one event would be hugely attended. We'd have, you know, 200 plus people show up with families and everything, kids and all. We'd have all kinds of food and inflatables. And then the next week they'd come back and it was kind of like, it's kind of <laughs> It was kind of like, wah, wah. like yeah. they, they were expecting one thing. They showed up the next week and they felt a little duped. You know, I can remember walking behind a student as we were kind of beginning service. And she kind of leaned over to her friend that she had invited for the first time because she came for the first time the week before. And she said, uh, I don't know what happened. But last last week, this place was packed. It was crazy. It wasn't like this at all. And That's so in that moment, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And in that moment, I realized, man, we're doing this all wrong we're doing this all wrong. Like we really are, are spending so much time and money into creating an event that it, the, the moment you stop the events is the moment you stop, you know, really attaining those students. Right. Um, some people have worded it like, you know, if you offer the hot dogs and once you stop serving hot dogs and you're not, you know, people are going to stop coming. So it's like those gimmicks, you know, it, don't, don't be about the gimmicks, but really be about relationships being number one and two, empowering your students. So let's get practical. Right. So for me, um, one of the, the things that has really helped us more than anything is empowering our students to really be involved in our services and uh, be involved in planning and executing. So, for instance, last night we had our um, twice a year or twice a year we have the Christmas, we have Easter, and then we have our bring a friend weekend as church wide. And for students, we've renamed it to kind of bet, you know, because that's the thing. Hey, you going to, yeah, bet, I'll see you there, right? So we named our, our bet service, was kind of like our bring a friend um, week for, for student ministry. And uh, last night we had our bet service. And one of the things we do at bet service is it's completely student-led. They, they are in charge of planning it. They're in charge of executing it. They're in charge of leading it. And what that does is it creates this ownership with students. It creates buy-in with students. And they really have this understanding that, look, if bet service sucks, it's because we didn't do what we needed to do, right? It's our fault. It's no one else's fault. And if it's awesome, it's because we really, you know, were intentional about it and cared about it. And we were involved in the planning. So it's empowering the students to do that. And what we found is once students are involved, they'll invite their friends. They're like, hey, man, come, come to check out service because I'm going to be speaking or I'm going to be helping lead worship or I'm going to be leading a game. Or, you know, if I invite so many friends, I'll be able to, you know, here's another thing. We, we do little incentives here and there on these event kind of things. Like you invite X amount of students or whoever invites the most, they'll get a gift or they'll get a, you know, whatever. Um, we also did just implement last night for the very first time, the impossible shot. For those of you who who aren't familiar with that, it's kind of like a. That's kind of a, a trend right now in student ministry. Yeah, like I, I followed, so. I followed a, a thread the other day, and I did not realize how many churches are using that for like Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. 
Yeah. And it's super, so, super cool. It's one of those things where you set up a a, a target that they have like to Like a dude hit. perfect type thing, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. And oh, they yeah. can they can use we did it. the Nerf yeah. bow and arrow, or it could be like a basketball, and it's it looks interesting. Yeah. So you you just you implemented that last night, you said? We did, yeah. We implemented that. Um, it was one of those things where it's like if you brought a friend with you, a first time guest, um, you and that friend both got a chance at the impossible shot. And uh, we actually had two little setups for it. One, if you make it, um, you would get a free pair of AirPods. And the second one, if you made it, you could go to camp for free. Um, and so those were kind of like the incentives, um, you know, which me for camp is, hey, that's that's 400 bucks right there. You throw something out there like that and people are going to jump on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw Um, where there was one church that was like, I think it was like $50 when they started out. And then each week that it wasn't. It wasn't made. Yeah, they, they would add they $10 added like to the pot. Bucks, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. both people got it. The person that brought yeah. the friend. That's pretty cool. And the friend. I thought that was kind of cool. So, mm-hmm. you know. All right. So let me ask you this, Mike. When you when you are, when you, when you have like your bet, your bet service, right? And you have all these kids there and. And it's and it's going to be a special thing, and the kids planned it, and they did all this stuff. So they, I think, when you bring a friend, they're going to know that it's it's different than it normally is. You know, they're going to, not going to expect the same thing every week. But you get them there; they have all their friends there. How do you promote? Um, hey, this is something worth coming back to. Yeah, this is something worth coming in. Like, because if I'm hearing you correctly, like, so your your event is on your Wednesday night. So it's, it's like, we do this every week. Like this mm-hmm. event is of course, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not like a, your Easter thing or your back to school thing. So how do you get them to say, how do you say, Hey, come back. This is, this is worth being here again. Um, you know, what's your, yeah. yeah how do you, how do you yeah, purposefully do that? Sure. Yeah. That's a great question. I think you, you kind of nailed it there. We do try and, and have most of our events now in the summer, it's a whole different animal, right? Like you got some more flexibility there with, with schedules and things, but um, during the school year, particularly, we don't want to compete with everything else going on, right? We don't want families to have to, you know, constantly be away from each other and all that. We want to kind of encourage them to spend time with their families and all that. And so we, everything we do event wise is going to be on a Wednesday night. And typically we will do them like, you know, we may have an after party. So we'll say, hey, here's the service. But, you know, we're going to have an after party. Come to service and then do the after party, you know, do, uh, you know, glow in the dark night or, or whatever that looks like. Um, and that's that's again, we're not trying to do events just to do gimmicks and things. Right. But you do want you do want to be able to ask yourself the question uh, and have students ask the question, like, is this service something I want my friends? I want to invite my friends to. Is it worth inviting? Um, a lot of times in youth ministry, it, it's, it gets tiring. Yeah. You get tired, you get, you know, kind of in this rut sometimes, and you really got to pause and say, are my services worth, are my, is my programming, is it worth inviting to? Um, and then how do we get somebody from a Wednesday night to a Sunday morning? You know, what does that look like? And let's kind of talk through that a little bit. I think for us, it's really intentional for them to understand that, we don't want them to just be um, consumers. We don't want them to come and just consume, 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 but we want right. them to be contributors. Um, and we want to we want to constantly be talking about that in front of them and showing them and modeling it for them. And, and students are very, uh, you know, they're social, right? They're going to talk. They're going to share with each other. They're going to be, hey, what you doing today? Oh, I'm at church. 
oh yeah, church. Yeah. It's Sunday morning, dude. At like 10 o'clock. Yeah. I'm at church. I've been here since seven o'clock. <laughs> you know, I've been here since six 30 in the morning. And you know, some of our most dedicated volunteers at our church are from the student ministry. They get there at six 30 or seven o'clock in the morning. They're running our AV. They're helping in our uh, audio visual. They're helping run cameras. They're helping run pro presenter. Um, many of them are setting up in our children's ministry or our, you know, our, our high school ministries helping out in the middle school ministry. Um, so, so, you know, so real quick, things. Yeah. How, how many of those, how, what would you say the percentage is of, of people that are involved in the ministry were brought in through some type of entry level event you know that you've got them plugged in doing this kind of thing now they're serving it's it's hard to say throw percentage numbers around like that but i would say that the majority of our students that we would consider to be either committed or core are those students who are not just coming on a wednesday but they are also serving in another ministry um you know we've 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 really battled this question of what do we do on a Sunday morning? We've got kids that are going to come on a Sunday that don't come on a Wednesday. So how do we really kind of uh, attract them? How do we reach out to them? Um, and how do we really kind of kind of get them to come on a Wednesday and then vice versa? We've got kids that come on Wednesdays that don't show up on Sundays most of the time. And so how do we kind of like bridge that gap? What does that look like? Um, and oftentimes it starts with us just building those relationships. It's say it's having, you know, the most effective thing for us has been having a student that's really involved in our committed in our core. Um, and they grab a, a, a student that's just kind of connected, but not really committed. And they say, hey, come with me and serve with me. Come with me on a Sunday. Uh, some of our older students, they will go pick up other kids. They're like, hey, I'm going to pick you up. You're going to come with me at 630 in the morning. I'm going to pick you up at 630. We're going to get to church and we're going to start serving. Um, and I found that when you offer the opportunities for service, that's when those students really begin to get involved because you move again from that consumer mentality to that contributor mentality. But one of the key things that you said, and, and there again, I don't want us to miss this. Okay. One of the things you said was people were investing in, in each other. You know, kids mm -hmm. are picking other kids up. Kids are saying, hey, let's get involved. You know, that was, that's one of the things that Doug Fields, you know, way back in the day when he was doing the, the purpose-driven youth ministry sure. material, yeah. he, he said programs don't develop relationships. People mm -hmm. do. Right. And I think that was something that, that you, you guys are doing well. You know, mm -hmm. you've got people invested in these students. It's not so much as, as the gimmicks or, right. or the things that you're doing. It's, it's people that are investing in one another. And so I think Absolutely. that that's, I think that's key. And I don't want people to miss that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that anytime in student ministry, when we have uh, what we would define something as being a successful event, I think instead of looking at, you know, hey, we did this, or hey, we, we consumed this much food, or hey, we made the impossible <laughs> shot, or hey, we look at how many relationships were made and how many relationships were built through the course of, of that event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that, that brings me to a, uh, another question though, Mike. Okay. So you talked a lot about, and, and I think you're, you're nailing it as far as you want your students to be your main driving force of connecting other students. I mean, that, that, that just makes sense. You want them bringing their friends, sure. you want them picking them up and even bringing them along to serve alongside them to help them to get connected. But you have volunteers, right? You got parents, volunteers and adults mm -hmm. that are going to be there at these things and right. What's their role? I mean, what do you what do you want them doing? You you got your sure. volunteers. You you said you we want to make everything purposeful. We have mm -hmm. what's our whole purpose for ministry? So how does this event fit into that? 
Yeah. Explain that to them. What do you want them doing while they're there? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Again, you know, with our mission, helping students find God, find friends, find themselves, ultimately find life. Our, our volunteers understand here, here's a few practical ways that that looks like from our volunteer standpoint. So one of the things we implemented years ago, and I got this from, uh, I think it was a book called uh, uh, Youth Ministry uh, by Teenagers, not for Teenagers. Like it was I, somewhere along those lines. Great book. But anyways, one of the things that they talked about in the book is uh, like having having name tags each week. Um, but one of the things that we do is we have like a, a system where you're kind of tracking, you check in and everything, and it prints out a name tag for you. Well, if you're a first time guest, you're not, if you're a first time guest, you're not, um, you're not in the system yet. So you fill out a first time guest card and you will have a handwritten uh, name tag. So our leaders are trained to know anytime they see a first time, a, a, a handwritten name card, name tag, they know, oh, that that students are first time guests. I want to make sure they are welcomed. I want to make sure they feel known. They feel like, you know, they they belong here. Right. And I want to help them find God, find friends, find themselves and get connected. And so that's one practical thing that we did. Some people, if you don't have the technology, you know, you don't have all the resources to print out name tags. Some just use color corded like, oh, everybody has a red name tag. But if you're a first time guest, you got a green one or, you know, something like that. So you can kind of get creative with it, work within your budgets there. But that's another practical way. Um, but our volunteers, they they know that they also have a role. Um, sometimes I'm inviting them to come and share their testimonies. Sometimes I'm inviting them to come and speak even. Sometimes I'm inviting them to come and do what we call a worship talk, where we're just asking them to share for two or three minutes before we start singing and giving God praise through music. And so I say, hey, just set that up for us. Give us two to three minutes, share scripture and, and do a little worship talk that leads into that. So just those different things that kind of put them, give them some ownership, give them responsibility. I don't want my volunteers to just be crowd control, right? I want them to be, you know, um, and some of them may be small group leaders or some of them may not be. Um, but at the end of the day, many of them are focused on our mission because we put that mission front and forward and then our strategy flows behind that mission. So I'm all kind of going back to that again. That's good, from man. Every, you, that, from <laughs> event to Wednesday night to Sunday morning. You got to stay on mission, man. Um, mm -hmm. Well, let me, let me ask you this then. You mentioned just then, so everybody, when people come on a Wednesday night or Sunday morning, uh, they check in and you, right. have, you have your check-in system and there's name tags involved and everything. Well, let me ask you this because you Let's go back to just, this is a standalone event. Like it's the summertime. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it on a Wednesday night. You're doing some kind of just cool thing or whatever. And mm -hmm. you got these visitors that come and they check in somehow, like whatever it is you're doing, sure. you have a visitor, like, and you get, you gather their info and however you do that. I mean, some people use cards, some people, um, you just, you just run over and write it down. Cause it's a quick thing. Yeah. I don't know. What do you do with that info? Like, how do you follow sure. up on that? If it's if it's a standalone event and you want that kid to come back to a Wednesday night mm -hmm. or something else, what do you do with that contact info that you got? How do you follow Definitely. up? Definitely. So one of the hardest things to do is to get that contact info first, right? And so yes. I'm very intentional when a first-time guest comes, we want to make sure they're filling out a contact card. And it's got some emergency contact info on there as well. So that just in case there is an emergency, you want to know who this kid is, who their parents are, that kind of thing. Um, but one of the things you can do when it comes to a special event, 
when it comes to getting uh, information is give away something that in order to be in that raffle or drawing, you got to fill something out to get that. So, you know, you're kind of registering, you're kind of, you know, and then you're taking those registration cards and you're pulling from that. And that's kind of going to be your, but then you can take that, those, those registration cards. And then you have real data there. You know, you know where these kids are from. You got a name, you got an address. You maybe have a social media handle on there or something like that. Um, you then can take that social media handle, you from your ministry account can go and start following them and hopefully they'll start following you back. Um, you then can also, uh, we, we do uh, just, just follow up first time guests typically on, you know, on a regular Wednesday night on Thursdays, I spend time looking through my first time guest cards and I'm handwriting thank you notes and mailing them out in the mail saying, hey, thank you so much for coming. Then I'll also, I will give some of those names to different small group leaders or other student leaders as well, saying, hey, text this person. They were a first-time guest. And so they'll just send them a, hey, so glad you came last night. You know, is there anything that we can be praying about for you or anything like that? So, uh, you know, just to encourage them in those ways as well, that it's, uh, we, we take that information, take that data. Then the other things too, you can look at trends throughout the years. The longer you've been doing this, the more data you have, you can look at trends. What are your high seasons? What are your low seasons? When are, you know, man, okay, well, we can tell when, when around here, you can tell when Saint season starts on a Sunday morning, your attendance is dipping, you know, and if we start three and oh, attendance is going way down. But if we start oh and three, attendance is going to be strong. People are like, whatever. We're they just need Jesus, man. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Listen, we had a staff meeting the other day and we're talking about because we've had some Hurricane Ida damage. And so we're in a smaller space. We have multiple services right now. We're at a place where we're like, are we going to three services soon? Because um, we're, we're, we're almost at max capacity and people are literally when you find out that people showed up to church and then they left because they didn't have somewhere to sit then you've got a real problem on your hands. So we're like, do we go to three services? Do we not? What do we do? And we kind of said, well, let's get through uh, Labor Day and let's get through these first couple weeks of the Saints season. And towards the end of September, we'll reevaluate here. And if we're still tracking, you know, then we and come first week in October, we potentially may be at three services or we're saying, no, we're good. We can stick it out till, <laughs> you know, a few a few more months before we have to go to another service. So that's People listening to this, if, if you're not from New Orleans, you don't know. <laughs> If you're it not is from a, Louisiana, you don't know. It is a yeah. special place, man. It is. New Orleans fans. Oh, love them. But I say that to say that in your context, wherever you are, whether you're in Florida, whether you're in, you know, Alaska, whether you're in wherever, there Fort are Worth. things. Yeah, Fort Worth. If you're wherever you are, <laughs> there are certain things that affect you throughout the year. And if you are tracking that data year after year, you can look and see, man, this is a this is an opportunity here that we have. Or this is something where we maybe need to take a little bit of a break here and do some more training. That's when we can schedule our volunteer training during these. You know, we recently we're not afraid to test something and see, does it work? Does it not work? And so we we literally the first week of school, we canceled service. We said we're not having service. Why? Because we looked at the data in the past several years, the first week of, of, of school, attendance is really low and kids are exhausted and kids are trying to get back in the flow of things. So we said, let's cancel service, but let's not just do nothing. Let's have a volunteer training night that night and really, you know, place that emphasis on the fall um, on, you know, kicking, starting up fall. So that's what we did. And, you know, yeah, we had, we had some students who are like, man, you canceled service. So like, yeah, well, you know, we, we wanted to have some leadership training and give you all a chance to, to uh, connect. And we weren't sure what it was going to look like that next week. And did we just kill our momentum coming out of, out of summer? What did we do? 
But man, we came back the next week and we had more attendance than we did the week before. So like, well, I guess it's okay. You know, who knows? So, but again, you don't know those things if you're not tracking your data and if you're not, you know, up to speed on your attendance and all. So you just, there's a lot of different creative ways you can, you can pull reports and say, man, where are my MIA students? My missing in action. They haven't been here in four weeks. So they haven't been here in, you know, two or three weeks. And how do I follow up with that? So those are all the things you can do when you, when you're kind of tracking data and, um, you know, there's, there's, there's creative things you can do with it and it can help your ministry. Um, uh, if you're really intentional about it, for sure. That's awesome. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you had mentioned, you know, using your volunteers and using adults and, and, you know, to help you gather that kind of information and kind of thing. Do you use students in the process? And as, Absolutely. and as you're using it, what kind of, how do you train them? Like, what do you yeah. go into something specifically and just say, Hey, you know, tell us how sure. you're using students to be involved in this whole idea of, sure. uh, of, of getting other students involved. Yeah, definitely. So anytime, so one of the, you know, I'll, I'll throw this out there. So for our bet service, we talked about that earlier, you know, getting students involved. And one of the things we do is called a, a five for five. We have five students share for five minutes um, and it's just typically I, I tell them, I want you to, to either share about your favorite scripture verse or a verse that God has really spoken to you with recently. Um, I want you to read that verse and really share a personal testimony, how God's been moving and working in your life. And then uh, really help us apply that verse to our own lives. And you got five minutes. We literally will put a we'll put a countdown on the screen and you only have five minutes. If it's 458, I'm coming up there to kick you off stage and you got to be end. <laughs> but I will sit through with them and, and meet with them beforehand. I'll help coach them through on how to communicate, how to stay on track, how to start, how to finish, how to transition, like all those things. Um, and I will really take some time to really one-on-one -on -one invest with them as well as, you know, we'll have some other leaders that are kind of trained, uh, uh, associate, you know, youth pastor and things that also helps with that as well when it comes to the females and, and all that. And so, um, you know, there's, there's, there's different ways that we allow them to do that, but we are intentional to say, listen, um, if you want to help in this way, let me let me sit down. Let me talk with you. Let me train you. Um, another thing I've done is, is in, in the past and in, in past summers, we've had like interns where we offer up like a youth internship. Um, it's not paid. It's just a volunteer thing. But we kind of give them a little swag pack at the end of summer where they get a uh, you know, monogram backpack or something with some stuff on it that they can utilize for camp and things. But um, I take that summer and I'm real intentional with just one or two students. And we really are just you know, helping those students who may be exploring a, a call to ministry or something like that and really giving them some behind the scenes of of what it looks like to really serve and be in ministry, um, not just on stage, but behind the scenes. And what does it look like to be in part of staff meetings and things like that and just helping them see that. And, and really, I like to do I like to do training like, hey, this is how I do life. I'm going to I'm going to visit somebody in the hospital. I want you to come with me. I want you to just tag along, uh, you know, just tag along. If you got questions, cool. Well, maybe I'll ask them to pray over that, uh, you know, person we're visiting or something like that. So a lot of the, that training is like that. And then, of course, too, you know, when you want to get into volunteer training, I, I'd suggest listening to John's podcast episode because it was great. Uh, just talking about more or less how he uh, kind of trains his volunteers and things. But when it comes to students, you know, they, they really need things that are tangible, uh, training that's quick, training that's easy. Um, not that I'm afraid to, to challenge them because we want to challenge students, but, um, you know, we don't want to, we, we can't expect a student to sit down and watch a 45 minute video, right. On training. Right. Like that's not going to happen. So, right. <laughs> you know, is there, is there a specific time that, well. that you find works best for you guys as far as training? So for me, again, 
Wednesdays. Uh, you know, that's when my midweek services and maybe you have a Sunday night service or maybe you have a different time. But for me, a Wednesday, I'm saying, hey, come early or, you know, let's stay late and let's let's talk. Let's train. Let's let's go over this. Let's go over that. Every now and then we do. We will do like a uh, after church after a Sunday and we'll have another kind of, you know, maybe once or twice a year. We'll get together after church on a Sunday and do a bigger kind of training thing, a more more formal kind of training uh, thing where we are inviting some of our uh, adult leader volunteers and also our student leaders as well. And we may split them up. You know, we'll do some things together and then split them up a little bit. Um, but I try my best. I mean, look, I got five kids, right? And nighttime for us, my wife is a stay-at-home mom. And so nighttime for us is is precious, right? It, it takes a lot of work. We got we got bath time, we got feedings, we got, you know, getting dressed for jammies and getting them in bed. And, and so it's hard for me to jammies. be away. Uh, I did say jammies. It's hard for me to be <laughs> away from the family three or four nights a week, you know? Right. So um, I try and everything that I can. Um, and I found that it helps our volunteers appreciate that as well. Um, and parents also appreciate that. So not um, only are you, are you looking out for their time, but you also have to budget for your time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've I've noticed, you know, uh, there's a running theme between what John talked about last week and what you're talking about now. When he talked about volunteers and you're talking about stuff, I mean, yeah, you have a you have a mission for everything and you get people to buy into that mission or yes. uh, you know, and you have they have to be everybody's on the same page and then you empower volunteers, students, whoever to carry out that mission. So that's not all you sitting there, make planning this big event, doing all this stuff yourself, meeting every student that's there and keeping track of every student that's there by yourself. Cause that just, Mm -hmm. you just can't, you're going to burn out. And I know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of ministers out there. There might be in a smaller church where it is just them for a little bit. And you gotta, you gotta, as you build that and you're training these students that you have to reach out, uh, it's going to help you out so much. But that's one thing I appreciate about both of you. It's, I mean, that's, that's been the key is empowering your students or your volunteers or both to do the ministry. And that's a, that's, yeah. that's a lot of wisdom I've, I've coming got, down the pipe. E words we can throw with this. Okay. Oh, here we Enlist. go. Enlist. Okay. All right. Empower. Yep. Engage. Yeah. I like that. Well, enlist, empower, encourage. Oh, oh, and engage. I see what you did there. I see what I did there. I like that. Yeah, oh. that's nice. Well, Definitely. Mike, just to be res- respectful of your time and everything, um, sure. man, this has been some good stuff. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man, uh, sharing all this info with us and and taking time out. But this is a question that I ask everybody that comes on here. Anything else you would like to share or wished? that we had asked you? Man. So I think for me, one of the things I wished that you would ask um, is if I could go back and talk to younger Michael or, you know, younger youth ministry, you know, younger self, what, what would you go back and, and, and what would you share with your younger self? Um, so I want to, I want to kind of throw that out there, throw that question out there and, and kind of answer that with, with three things. First, I'd tell younger Michael to, to really study the Bible, <laughs> study the Bible and meditate on God's word and hide it in your heart um, so that you won't sin against him. And, um, you know, one thing that recently God has really been putting on my heart is that he's been reminding me of John 1, 1, in beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. 
And then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and the thing that God has been reminding me about that is that in the times in my life and especially in ministry, when it seemed lonely or I've seen, I've felt maybe distant from the Lord. Um, I've got to remind myself that I want, if I want God's blessing, then I need his presence because God's blessing is his presence. Right. So um, it's not any financial thing. It's not any kind of material thing. It, it's really just his presence. And if I need his presence, then I need his word because God's word equals God's presence. And so a younger Michael needs to understand that you need his word every single day. Like his day, you are, that is your daily bread. So that'd be the first thing I'd tell myself. Secondly, I'd tell myself just to pursue the calling that God has placed on my life, um, on your life, because in ministry, you will work with people who frustrate you. You will have situations that you feel like this is overwhelming. You may have uh, times that are good, times that are bad, but um, just like uh, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, I think it's in verse 16, he says, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Mm. And he basically is kind of defending that, yeah, I could take money from you if I wanted to, but I never had because I don't need you to control what I say. So I'm not going to take any money from the church in Corinth. But he says, you know, I don't need your money because woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Come I'm on. called to do this. And so for me, there have been times in my life when I've been a full-time youth pastor. I've been a part-time youth pastor. I've been a volunteer worship pastor for a church plant. I've been an intern. I've been just a regular attender who serves in kids town and gives tours to the first time guests. Like I've done all those things because I understand I'm called to be in ministry, whether I'm paid for it or not. And so I want to encourage those who are listening not to pursue a title, but just to pursue the calling that God has placed on your life. And God will then begin to, to open up those doors for you as you move forward. And then finally, I'd encourage myself and everyone who's listening that God sees every single sacrifice. Um, in Hebrews 6.10, it says, For God is not unjust as to forget uh, the, the work and the love to which you have shown his name by ministering to the saints. Um, and that verse for me, I heard somebody preach on it several years ago, and it's been such a sermon that I've always held on to and, and a scripture passage that I've held on to because ministry can be really tough. It can be really lonely for pastors and for youth pastors, especially. You don't always get the respect you feel like you deserve. You feel like anytime there's a staff meeting, they want you to just run the game and they don't really care about your input. They just want you to pick a game and an icebreaker for everybody. But at the end of the day, keep your head up because God sees every single sacrifice, every single late night, every single text message. Um, and it does. he doesn't forget. Um, and remind yourself that you're not doing this for anybody else. You're doing it for him. So at the end of the day, if I could go back and encourage myself, I'd say those three things. Um, and I could share a whole lot more about read books and be a learner because you weren't much of a learner when you were younger and you'd be so much further along if you were. But, you know, I'll, I'll stop there because I know we're running out of time. But yeah. Why are you grinning so much, Rick? I'm just telling you, <laughs> Michael, I hope I hope someday you I don't know if you have a podcast or whatever they're doing in the you know in the future, all that technology. But I hope someday in in your future, you're you know one of your students just pops up and you sit down and talk to them and they talk like that. That's just the coolest <laughs> thing. It really is. You you invest in, yeah. in students if he all had the time. Buttons, they'd be popping off uh, his shirt right now. No. <laughs> here's the thing. I didn't teach him any of that. That's the thing. It's like I. I, you know, here's a guy that, yeah, he was in my youth group. I discipled and, and he was, I mean, he came in intern when I was in New York and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And he, he was my, he was my worship leader when he was in high school and he was doing all that yeah. stuff. And now here he is and he's, he's leading other people and doing that. And I'm telling you, um, the programs that come and go, the events come and go, you get those, get those students plugged in 
and they're yeah. doing the ministry. Yeah. And then, That's you right. know, Michael, I did talk to younger you. <laughs> so, so, I, no. I had a, those are some know, tough conversations yeah. too. You might have said all those things to yourself, you know, when you were younger. But I don't know if you know younger us. All of us younger ones, we don't listen when we're younger, yeah. and we oh, wish we would have. In one ear and right out the other. Right? Yeah, yeah. It would well, this is good stuff. Is good <laughs> well, stuff. just to wrap it up, we love events, but if they don't serve a purpose of fellowship, missions, ministry, discipleship, evangelism, and yeah. worship, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Are we trying to reach students, or are we just trying to make ourselves look good? Planning with intentionality should be the first thing we do when we plan an event included with that plan is the question, how are you going to connect it to the other parts of your ministry? And uh, what type of follow-up are you going to do? Can't stress that enough. You can plan the greatest event in all the world, but if you don't do follow-up, it's just an event. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there again, you know, these are questions that's got to be considered and they got to be answered. Uh, and, and Michael, I, I appreciate you, brother. I love what you're doing. You keep doing it. And, uh, man, you are, you're a trailblazer, dude, especially down in that New Orleans area. Um, you're getting it done, hey, man. And I y'all pre- pray for us. Y'all pray for us. We feel like we're in the thick of it sometimes, you know? Yeah. Still yeah, a lot you of, are, uh, man. You are. You're a bright light in a very dark place. And, uh, man, I just pray that you shine even brighter, my brother. Thank you, man. Really appreciate oh, that. man. Uh, whew, this is two in a row, Rick. Two in a row. Two in a row, Good man. Stuff. We're two for two right now. Yeah. We don't, we, or, yeah. So, anyway, uh, if you want to contact us, if you got questions, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at All the T Shirts Podcast, or you can email us at All the T Shirts Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at All the T Shirts RL uh, on Twitter. And so that's the way you can contact us if you want more information about our DadCon event, our student ministry gathering in, in, in New Orleans in November. We would love to have you come and join us, sit in with us. It's just a bunch of youth pastors sitting around a table uh, talking, fellowshipping, and uh, solving all the world's problems in the course of two or three days. <laughs> yeah. And eating a lot of good food, We get it too. all done, yeah. We yeah. do. We, do, we get it done. Rick, you got a quote for us, man. I do, I do. And in the spirit of hearing Michael, that since I've known since he was just a young tyke, talk about, I wish I could go back and talk to younger me. Man, I'm old. All right, so in the spirit of feeling really old, um, here's a quote from that great theologian and comedian, George Burns. You know you're getting old when you stoop down to tie your shoelaces and wonder what else you could do while you're down there. (laughs) You guys have a great week. Yeah, bye.